Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings and a very, Happy 4th of July to each and every one of you. We still have a podcast for you. In fact, we've got an amazing show for you. I'm going to have Greg Cosell on, the civilian goat momentarily, to talk about the top quarterback prospects in college football in 2022, which also means, at least to this point, the top quarterback prospects for the 2023 NFL draft, which is amazing. Please have a great time today. Please be careful. However, you're planning to celebrate 4th of July. Don't eat too much, but eat a lot. Don't drink too much. I'll let you decide. And be very, very careful with the fireworks and make sure while you're grilling or you're hanging out, you have on in the background music. People don't want to hear music on 4th of July. They want to hear Greg Cosell. It's a new week, which means we'll have a new Spread the Word winner via social media, a new sponsor confirmation email winner. I should mention you can always check out all of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com. You can always spread the word via social media at RossTuckerNFL, at RossTuckerPod. Just give us a five-star rating and review and send it to me, which is amazing. And then... You can also win the YouTube shout-out, which you know I love. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Please subscribe if you have not already. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Greg, I look forward to this episode (laughs) every single year. It's kind of our first glance, your first glance, at the underclassmen video. Of some of the top prospects, I guess I should say first, happy 4th of July, Greg. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Okay. So, let's start with the quarterbacks. Your sense of the group over, I don't know how many you watched, four, five, six, seven, I don't know how many of you watched so far, <laughs> but of the top guys going into the season that you watched, what's your sense of them as a group before we get into them individually? 
Yeah, and I think people need to understand that this is all preliminary. I try to get a feel for guys. They're going to play a whole nother college season, Ross. So I don't want people to think that what I'm saying as we discuss this now in early July is is really the way it's going to be. There could be changes in the way I see it based on watching far more tape after they play another full season of college football. So this is not the definitive way. Maybe nothing will change. Maybe a lot of things will change. Um, I think it's a pretty good group overall. Um, You know, it's – I think that's always easy to say now. I think there's three or four guys that I find really intriguing when I watch their tape. Um, and I'm very anxious to see them a year from now. But I think that this is – those three or four guys, I think, are, are potentially very strong prospects. Is this – is this a fool's errand, Greg? Because it seemed like last year so much changed. Correct. So it's like – I guess I wonder what – I mean, but this is how teams do it. I mean, they, they have grades on these guys now and – they, they want to have an idea of who the top guys are going into the season. But it, it is – last year was the year that I feel like more things, more guys changed differently than what people anticipate than I can ever remember. That's a great point because if you remember a year ago, Sam Howell was talked about as a top five, top ten pick. And obviously he ended up, what, being the first pick in the fifth round, something along those lines. So – you never know, and that's why it's so hard. Your point is correct that it's somewhat of a, a fool's gold right now, and that's why I just wanted to put out that disclaimer that this is all preliminary, and I'm just getting a feel for guys. I'm not watching as much as I will watch next uh, year after the NFL season when I when I have another year of these players. So it's, it's really just getting a feel so I have a sense of, of who they are, what they are, how they play. So interesting because last year around this time, I remember a lot of conversation around not only Sam Howell, but Spencer Rattler, yeah. even some JT Daniel. I mean, some of these guys didn't even get a chance to play last year. They That's got beat point. out or they lost their job. So it's uh, it, it's very interesting how it all unfolds. I guess I do want to ask you that, Greg, before we get into these guys. You were not the only person. I don't remember what you said about Sam Howe, so I'm not putting you in that category. But there were a lot of people I really respect that were really high on Sam Howe. There were some that were really high on Spencer Rattler. Maybe this is an unfair question to ask you, but what happens there? Like What, what happened? Well, that's a hard question for me to answer because – I, I only know how I see it. I, I don't know how other people see it. You know, don't forget, we're not talking about teams. We're talking about essentially social media, draft gurus, people like that. So we don't know how teams felt about these players. You know, I do get an opportunity to speak to teams at times. And I think that there was a sense, even going back a year ago, that this was not going to be a higher, higher level quarterback draft class in 2022. So I think teams had that feeling. Um, based on their evaluations, and that's all that matters because they're the ones drafting. So when you read now about, you know, on Twitter or on social media about where players stand in a draft by people who are not working for teams, and obviously teams don't discuss it like that, then it really doesn't matter. Let's get into these guys. Um, Obviously, there's a bunch of names that college football fans 
are very familiar with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. There's some other names that maybe they're not quite as familiar with. Will Levis, uh, Phil Dracovic. I, I want to start with the way I always start with you, Greg. Was there a guy that really jumped out to you? I mean, was there a guy that, you, if you can only talk about one, that intrigued you the most? Well, I'll answer that this way. Number one, I really like Bryce Young, and we'll get to him in a sec. But I think that the guy that's most intriguing to me, and I'm very anxious to see him this year at Kentucky, is Will Levis. Will Levis is extremely gifted. He's big. He's physically imposing. He's got size, mobility. He's got physical strength. Um, He throws a really, really good ball. He generates easy velocity. He was coached last year by Liam Cohen, who came from the Rams and is now back with the Rams. This year he'll be coached by Rich Scarangello, who's been in the NFL for years and years. So he's going to continue with NFL route concepts and NFL coaching. I'm fascinated by Will Levis. Um, Again, I can't speak to what's going to happen this year or where he might be drafted, but I think you're dealing with a guy that physically is extremely gifted and is going to have a pretty refined sense of NFL route concepts and combinations and an understanding of those just from two years working essentially with NFL coaches. So to back up what you're saying, Greg, you know I follow Penn State football closely and Levis obviously transferred from Penn State to Kentucky. Correct. After... Penn State decided to continue to go with Sean Clifford as their starting quarterback. What I find really interesting about Levis is I talked to people at Penn State when they were deciding between Sean Clifford and Tommy Stevens. So Sean Clifford was going to be, you know, a a redshirt sophomore. Tommy Stevens was going to be a senior. And I was told if you just came to our practice, the guy that looks like the future NFL first-round pick, the guy that would make you say, wow, is Will Levis, who at the time was a true freshman. Right. And they said he just – physically, he's more imposing. He throws the ball better. He's an athlete. I mean, they brought him in a bunch a couple years ago primarily to run. Because he was such a physically powerful man as a runner, it seemed like it took him a little bit of time to get a little more developed in the passing game. Or Maybe Penn State just didn't do a good job with it. But they said if you came to our practice, when he was a true freshman and and a redshirt freshman, if you came to our practice, the guy you'd say, well, that's the guy that's a future first-round pick is Will Levis. Yeah, and and again, I don't know what happened at Penn State. I can't speak to that. You may know more about how they made their decision. Maybe he just wanted to leave, but there's no question about that. He's 6'3", 235. He's physically imposing. He has a tight, compact snap delivery. As I mentioned, he generates easy velocity. He does not work hard at all to throw the football. He's a natural thrower with torque and weight transfer. He doesn't have a a lot of arm motion. Like I said, it comes out easily. you can see the NFL route concepts. I'm sure what's going to be discussed with him, and I don't know if this is valid or not, because they did such a good job with their concepts defining reads and throws, is you're going to see people say, well, he's not a great progression reader. 
I always struggle when I hear that because I need to hear that from the coach. Because just because you don't see a lot of that on tape, if the throws are there within the timing of the play, then you deliver the football. And their pass offense was really well-schemed. A ton of play action. He's used to turning his back to the defense, which is a learned trait. So I think he's, to me, of the top guys, he's the most fascinating. Doesn't mean he'll be the first pick. I don't know what kind of year he'll have. But I think, to me, he's the most fascinating based on film study. You also mentioned, you said we'll get to him in a second, and you really like him. You really like Bryce Young from Alabama. Yeah. Love Bryce Young. I'm fortunate to know Bryce Young, and there's not a better kid out there. Um, the, the only discussion with Bryce Young will be his size, and that will be a discussion. Um, my guess is he'll be 5'11", 200 pounds, and he's not the kind of guy that can be 220 pounds. So that will be a discussion. But he is really fun to watch. I mean, he's got a refined feel for timing and anticipation, especially versus zone coverage. He threw cleanly into voids and windows. He had great field vision. Um, the term I always use is elimination and, and isolation. Um, he, he was a very quick, decisive processor of information. Um, there was an innate feel to the way in which he moved. Um, the comparison that came to my mind – and you may understand this. Hopefully people will. He kind of reminded me of Steph Curry in that he's not a dynamic, explosive mover, but he knows how to find space to throw the ball given that he's not tall. He just had a feel for finding space to throw the ball cleanly. Um, and he was very poised and efficient with his pocket movement. He's not a runner per se, but he has functional mobility. He can make second reaction plays. So, you know, I didn't know much about him, Greg, until he started this year. And obviously had an amazing year. He won the Heisman. But with all the hype and how heavily recruited he was, I was surprised. He's not big. He's not really fast. And I think he's got a good arm, but he, I don't think he has like a hose on him. Right? No, no, he's got more than functional arm strength. You're right, but he's not a power thrower. You wouldn't say he's a true velocity thrower. I guess I was just surprised based on, I think he was a five-star recruit from California. He was. He was Alabama getting a million dollars in NIL before he even plays. And I didn't really see any physical characteristics that impressed me. It seems like he wins with his brain. Yeah, he's incredibly mentally aware and decisive. That's what I said. He just, you know, I don't like to use words, you know, like instincts and feel because those are easy words. But he's one of those players, Ross. He just has a feel for the position, knows where to go with the football, um, has really refined movement, calculated movement, um, not a great thrower in the sense of velocity, but a very good thrower of the football. Um, everything he does is quick and decisive. Um, I, he's just he, he's just a good quarterback. And again, the discussion will be his size because he's not a an explosive runner. You know, in other words, the smaller guys like the Russell Wilsons, the Kyler Murrays, they're dynamic as second reaction runners. Young can do that on occasion, but that's not really his game. You, you'd say Young is a, is a good athlete, but not a superior athlete. The next guy I wanted to ask you about is, uh, by the way, I, I kind of thought you might say Drew Brees 
But it's also, you know, it's not built like Breeze. Breeze was thick. Young is not thick. Yeah, it's it. Well, the other thing too is, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, Steph Curry is amazing because I was not expecting that at all. I mean, I, again, yeah, can you but understand we also, what I mean? We, we by call that? every five eleven quarterback Drew Brees, and it's like there's only one Drew Brees. I mean, does does the Curry comparison make any sense at all to you? Yes, because Steph Curry has an innate feel for creating just enough space to be able to get a shot off. Right, and he's not and Bryce like, Young people, has an innate feel. For creating just enough space to get the throw off. Yeah, and, and and for people who watch the NBA, like Steph Curry's not explosive. Like let's say John Morant is explosive. You know, Young's not that kind of guy. Totally agree. All right, let's get this. Let's get to C.J. Stroud. Yeah, uh, from Ohio State because it's really interesting dynamic there, Greg, where he made some ridiculous throws last year. He put up some crazy numbers, but. I don't even know if this is a but. After Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins and with having, you know, three first-round pick receivers, I am sensing, and I am i don't know how you feel, but I am sensing some people start to think, well, that's what every quarterback at Ohio State does because of their system and because of their receivers. Uh, I know you always talk about isolating the quarterback from yep. the people around him. Well – but your point's valid. He, he, you know, what Ohio State has, and you got to give Ryan Day a ton of credit. His job is to win games in college. He, it's a highly schemed shotgun, no huddle, defined read pass game with a lot of clean throws from secure pockets. Um, the throws are predetermined. Stroud is is allowed to be decisive without facing much pressure, and for the most part, he did not make many contested throws out of muddy pockets. You have to take that into account because in the NFL, you're going to face muddy pockets. I know some coaches in the NFL, when they evaluate college quarterbacks, that's what they look at. That's their number one thing, especially if a guy's a pocket quarterback, which Stroud essentially is. They look for contested pockets because in the NFL, if you're a pocket quarterback, you're going to have to throw Ross out of contested pockets. And if you don't see that on tape, it becomes a projection. It doesn't mean Stroud is not a good prospect. He's a natural touch passer. He has an innate ability to throw with pace and tempo. He makes what we call firm touch throws, throws that are not drive throws and not trajectory throws, but have a little touch to them, but they're still firm. Um, I thought he was very aggressive throwing the ball between the numbers, and I like that. You have to be aggressive in the NFL. Um there were snaps in which you saw progression reading. That is on tape. Um, and clearly, because of their scheme, there's an efficiency to his play. Um, he was decisive. So there's a lot to like. You just have to decide, and, and your point's valid about Penn, uh, about Ohio State, is can he make those contested throws? Because even though he does have functional movement ability, he's not going to make his living in the NFL running around. Yeah, he, he's not even as good of an athlete as Justin Fields, I don't think. No, he's not. Oh, Fields is a high-level athlete. You are correct. Yeah, Stroud is – it's interesting because neither he nor Bryce Young are really runners. You know, they're, they're more pocket guys. It's just interesting. When I watch Ohio State, Greg, and this is not Stroud's fault, they're wide open. I mean, the guys are yeah. wide open, it seems like. 
sometimes I wonder, like, who, wh- what is even the coverage? But they've had some really, really good <coughs> yeah. receivers, and I think the scheme is good. But they're wide-ass open a lot. No, and you're right. Uh, now, he did have some really good progression read plays where he understood the coverage and the defense against Utah in the bowl game. Um, and, and it was really clear that he, he had a sense of uh, the coverage because they tried to uh, disguise with some late movement, and he saw it. And that, I thought, was really, really positive. Um, but you're right. I mean, he runs such a schemed offense. It, and this is no knock on Stroud because Ryan Day's job is to win games and, and put together a great offense, which he has done at Ohio State. But there was a lot of pitch and catch in Ohio State's offense. And that's okay. Um, but then you have to decide that's why you have to isolate Stroud. And there were some concerns, not not severe concerns, but there are some concerns, things he does need to work on. So the next guy I want to dive into um, is Phil Dracovic, uh from Boston College. And I have heard about Phil since he was in eighth grade. He went to Pine <laughs> Richland High School yep. in Western Pennsylvania. And I called the state championship game, Greg, when Dracovic, I think, was in ninth grade. But this, they had a senior quarterback, Ben DiNucci. Ah. Ended up playing at Pitt, ended up playing at James Madison, started a game for the Cowboys against the Eagles. And Danucci was a really, really good high school quarterback. And I remember the head coach for Pine Richland, Eric Kasparovich, saying, wait till you see the guy we have next year. And he was showing me videos of Dracovic dunking in ninth grade in high school basketball games and averaging like double-digit – Double digits in high school basketball game. It was unbelievable. So goes Notre Dame behind Ian Book, you know, and that's a similar deal, I think, Greg, to the Clifford thing with Levis is that when you have an established quarterback and you've won big with them and they're pretty good, it's really hard to to get those guys beat out by a younger guy who's inexperienced. Really hard. So Levis went to Kentucky – Dracovic went to BC. What did you see from from him in Boston at Boston College? Yeah, he was an interesting study, Dracovic, because he's not really a natural thrower. He's got an odd motion, um, and at times that impacted his velocity and his ability to drive the ball. Um, it impacted his his ball location. Uh, he missed a lot of routine throws just with poor throws. Um, he's got a very limited range of motion on his delivery. He looks like he pushes the ball. At times, it looks like he's laboring to throw the ball. He needs his feet set because of his throwing motion. Um, I think his deep balls often lost energy, uh, but he's very physically tough. Uh, he'll stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. He can shed pass rushers and move. Um, we talk about contested pockets. He is willing to stand and deliver, keep his eyes downfield in that regard. And I'm not making a direct one-on-one comparison, but I think of someone like Philip Rivers who just stood there and it didn't matter how close a pass rusher was. Philip Rivers was going to stand and throw the football. Djokovic is very similar in that regard. Tremendous pocket toughness. He, will, he showed the willingness to turn it loose and make tough throws. He was aggressive. 
he's just not a great thrower of the football. And I'm very curious to see now that ideally he's healthy this year and starts every game. He only he was hurt last year, but I did watch six games from 2020 when he was the full-time starter in his first year at BC. So this is not just based on last year. This is based on seeing him the year that he was a full-time starter at BC as well. I just really struggled with my evaluation of him because at times he's tough to watch because of the way he throws the ball and he missed too many easy throws. So a couple of thoughts there. I think that just mentioning Rivers is interesting because, you know, what you said about Dracovic's throwing motion, you know, I know it, it, it is a little awkward. It and is. People said the same about, about Rivers. The other thing that's interesting, he was a really high-level athlete in high school, but he's not going to be like a runner in the NFL. No, and they ran him a good amount, but he's not going to – he's not unathletic by any means, but he's not going to be a runner. Right. That's not going to be, you know, a, a big part of his game. Uh, that's interesting. I'll be very curious to see what ends up happening with your – I just hope he stays healthy. And That's gets all. a good year. Yeah, I agree. And, and I hope uh, uh, I hope a lot of you guys get a chance to go to the Express and find statement shirts in bright colors, prints that pop, and lightweight fabrics like I did. Or you want to kick it old school like Greg Cosell or like me with vintage-inspired polos made for modern living? Why not? Find something for every destination at Express, online or in-store. Big fan of the shorts, the bathing suit, the shirts that I've gotten from the Express. Huge fan. Also, I'm a huge fan of all of our patrons. Love them, love them, love them. Especially Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and Evergreen Economics. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.